This week on Three Sides of the Coin, got a couple members of Hate Breed sitting down with us, and they share what they think about avatars, holograms, tribute bands, cover bands, backing tracks, the whole thing. This is a fun discussion. This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to... Are you looking for official Three Sides of the Coin merchandise? T-shirts, hoodies, and more? Visit shop3sidesofthecoin.com. We ship worldwide. Everybody, welcome back to new a new new episode of Three Sides of the Coin. We've got Mike, Tommy, Mark, and a couple cool guests coming back up in a minute or two here. Um, Mark, the 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 news you were hinting at hasn't been released yet. Oh, from last week. Yeah it, yeah, it will be. Trust me. I'm already seeing it talked about online. Again, when someone asked me not to release what it is, I, I honor oh, that. But they, you they did him, say yes. you, could, you could talk about if you think it's silly and blah, blah, blah. And so that's what I did. So we just it, had it, uh, come out soon. It's going to come. We out just soon. had a listener send make a graphic and send it to me of uh, a turd on a turntable. So I can't look, wait. Look, hold on. Use like that. You may think it's the greatest thing in the world. I don't, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, go out as and spend we've always, money. It's a, as we've always said, if you spend your money on what makes you happy, more power to you. That's all that matters. Yep. Doesn't doesn't matter what the three knuckleheads here think. Nope. Um, other than that, no kiss news beyond hmm. that. No, nothing from Gene. Paul has been very quiet. Oh, Eric's um, on the new cover of uh, Modern Drummer. Oh, okay. Congratulations it out, to, to Eric. Check That's it out. very cool. Yeah, so go out and pick that up. Also, I believe they're on the new Classic Rock. Yes. Um, and the new Burn, the d- new Burn new magazine. Burn as well. Yeah, yes. Burn from Japan. So, yeah, I mean, again, you know, there's still Kiss stuff to collect and look it's at. quiet, but things are happening. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So, this week, returning guest and new guest got two guests joining us. Uh, we've got Frank and Wayne from Hatebreed sitting down to talk kiss, but we kind of really picked their brains as professional musicians, as touring musicians. What do they think about? The avatars. What do they think about holograms? What do they think about tribute bands, cover bands? It's sort of like, what do they think as musicians about the future of musicians? And it's kind of a cool discussion if you want to hear what a couple professional touring musicians think about all this stuff. So let it roll and we'll see you at the end. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Three sides of the coin. We've got a first timer and a returning guest. But here's the cool thing. They're both in the same band. This is true. So we've got we've got Frank and Wayne from Hatebreed joining us. Frank has obviously been here before. Wayne, first time for you, but you guys are both absolutely huge fans of kiss crazy nights so we're going to talk nothing oh, about crazy boy. nights all episode 
been a great <laughs> show, guys. In a perfect world. <laughs> in a I just perfect remember, world. Oh, guys, I got to go. I've got, I've got showings. <laughs> I gotta watch uh, my hair. <laughs> listen, I didn't like Crazy Nights up until way after the fact. Like I gotten kind of out of Kiss for a minute, and then like kind of was getting into like heavy, heavy, heavy music, and around after Asylum, and I ran at some younger kids that were really Kiss freaks that got me back into it, and I kind of gave it a second chance. And I gotta say it, I listened to that one more than any of the other ones, only because it's the one I played the least out of throughout. Since I was a kid, um, so yeah, I liked it when um, I was a kid too. When I, I was a little, I'm a little bit younger than Frank, so I I was into it when it came out, and then I kind of you know stopped listening to Kiss like in the '90s, kind of for a little while, you know, heavier stuff and hardcore and all that. And then actually meeting back up with Frank in 2006, I guess he'd be blasting Kiss in the front lounge every album. Well, every night, and he'd be baffled that I actually knew every song that he was playing. That was and great. I was like, these are great. All, all the 80s stuff, 70s. All the deep cuts. He knew all the stuff, and it just blew my mind. <laughs> so our poor uh, bandmates would be trying to sleep uh, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and we'd be drunk in the front lounge, uh, screaming Reason to Live at the top of our lungs. So. Yep. <laughs> great song. <laughs> well, just for the few remaining listeners who haven't, already hit stop we were just joking this isn't going to be a, a full crazy nights episode all right although mike, um, well, mark, mike would like it to be well that that'll have its time no it won't. mike you, you know you know how come they knew that that wasn't the case i was still here you're still here you were <laughs> e you are here you wouldn't have even shown up who is is it jericho that loves that record oh Probably. jericho loves all yeah, 80s. i could see that yeah, yeah, all 80s kiss. Chris has been hit in the head one too many times with a chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but I think I think what we're going to kind of start chatting about, and, and you know the way this show works, by the time we're done, could be a completely different topic. But Frank Wayne, since both of you guys are in a band, as I said, hate breed, I let's let's get your guys take on this whole avatar the future of bands. Um and there goes Mark. It always <laughs> happens. It always happens. Um because where I want to start this with is you know bands like Kiss or Aerosmith or anybody who's been around 40, 50 years, you know, when they started, they didn't in their wildest dreams, did they ever think they would be around 50 years from now when they're 75 pushing 80 years old, that, that there would still be an audience demanding to see the band. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you guys might even be able to attest to this. You're like, when I started a band, Hell, if we could last five years, that would be fucking incredible. If we could last five yeah, years definitely. doing what we love. And and now bands are, there's plenty of bands that are pushing 30, 40, 50 plus years. And the only reason they are stopping is because they're physically their bodies won't allow them to keep touring. And you guys know how grueling it can be touring but nobody has sat back and said well how do we keep a band 
alive for another 50 years, another 100 years, when there's an audience that still is interested in it. And, and you know, we've seen some artists start playing around with holograms. You know, Dio did a hologram. You've got the, the ABBA Voyage experience, which is what Kiss's avatars are kind of based on. The company that did the whole ABBA thing is doing the Kiss thing. Um, but I think you guys could also attest to the fact being Kiss fans, you know, this whole avatar concept is, is sitting, it's a tough thing for fans to digest. It's, it's like, I want a real band. I don't want to see a hologram band. Well, you know, you might not be able to see the freaking real band. Is it, is a hologram better than nothing or would you rather have nothing? So would you guys chime in as a musician going, tell us what, what you sort of envision, what you sort of think, how would this sit with, with you guys in hate breed? If, you know, 50 years from now, hate breed is still here. Can't tour because you guys physically can't. And the opportunity is turn you guys into a digital version of yourselves. I think we're a little different than Kiss because Kiss is a more of a show, and that's like you—it's a visual thing, like from the pyro, the stage, the makeup, all that stuff. So I thought that was kind of weird at first, but if they're not going to play anyway, it's cool to see something like that, you know. If, and if you don't want to go, then don't go. For us, it's more—it's all about the live show, the interaction between the fans, and you know the the mosh pits and whatever else. So I, I just, I don't think it would be the same as us as holograms or whatever that, that might be kind of weird for, for kids. Such, it's such a spectacle. I think it's, that would work way better for them. That's my opinion. Anyway. I have a question but, about mosh pits. Sure. Do yep. you feel like when you play some of the festivals or different places that you play when you can't, when the, when your fans can't mosh, does it affect your show? Um, actually, they do mosh actually at festivals they're huge. no i know but well the reason i ask is like i know that and you've played it before at Rockfest in wisconsin there's no moshing there yeah they're, they're trying to sort that out but i think it's because four fans got hurt a number of years ago and sued the living right. shit out of everybody um what you know a thing like Rockfest is very I mean, you're, we're a band that's done Warp Tour and Ozfest, and more more Ozfest than anybody besides Ozzy, I think. But um, we'll go and play, you know, yeah. with a bunch of radio rock bands and things like that. Now, is it going to be our crowd there? Are they going to be going crazy and creating that atmosphere for us? Um, that's a chance we're willing to take to put ourselves in front of people that never seen uh, Hatebreed before, because there's no shortage of people I think that listen to the kind of bands that would play at a Wisconsin rock fest that would dig um, you guys were as heavy as they would venture into the, our world. And but the, the last time I saw you there, you went over well. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, I, I just don't feel like, well, here's a great example. Uh, since COVID and we went out on tour or, or maybe it was right before we played the original grand old Opry. Oh, um, really? And that is all seats. And there's, yeah, that, there's no, no moshing at that. There's yeah. no moshing at that, especially, you know, and, and a lot of times we do play these festivals where there's seats. Some of these amphitheaters have seats all the way up to the stage. There is no open pit area in front of the stage. So, you know, 
it's I, I for me I enjoy the challenge to get out there and get them to be into the band because that's not you know the mosh pit isn't about the show and to be honest with you like I I prefer all eyes up on the stage than people punching each other in the head you know what I mean but that's just what they do our music but um no I, I think that I don't think that that's you know I don't think that 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 bothers us you know we're you know. <laughs> Going back on track to what we're talking about here with the avatars and bands being around for a lot, we're we're on our thirty year anniversary this year, so we're not that far away from, you know yeah. what I mean. As far <laughs> as a band band is starting to think about how much longer we're going to do this and what's going to go beyond. Not saying that we're going to become avatars, but you know when you're speaking about this kind of things, these are the kind of things that you know you you put into perspective. And 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 I enjoy that you Mike, you asked us as musicians to get our view um on this because this is going to be different than somebody that you know maybe was at madison square garden and was like oh what was that rubbish that they closed the show with i can't believe they're doing that you know what i mean um listen i mean these guys are probably really excited about this because they're working with a company who has made it work i mean the abba thing it's not even in sweden it's in london the arena they built for the show and it's packing places and um yeah it's amazing i know. guess i've heard sure and um, it's a chance for the band to live on. I would much rather, I'm not saying that I'm for this because I haven't seen it yet. And I think a lot of people, a lot of us are like, well, let me go check it out once and see if it's something that I want to check out. But as far as this versus different characters that aren't Gene and Paul, I would, I, to be honest with right. you, I'd rather, I'd rather this. Well, Weren't you know, we're talking we, about we, doing that too. Getting like different members to keep it younger or something, keep it going. You know, they, they've, they've talked about so many different things that KISS in general could do moving forward. There could be there could be official tribute bands. I mean, what we've always said on the show here is it's it's pretty much a safe assumption. We don't know it. It's factual. But the Avatars is just one of many things that are going to eventually happen. And maybe you don't like that. Maybe you like going to see an official endorsed KISS tribute band. Maybe you just want to buy the music, but Wayne, I wanted to get back to what you said, you know, that, that you're not a band that's characters, makeup, costumes, pyro, and, and hundred percent true. And I get what you're saying, but I guess what I wanted to try and push you is, you know, this is a, this is a, a area that nobody has given advanced thought to i mean no no band sat down years and decades ago going all right what kind of plan would we have to continue on it's sort of being invented every day as we move on here whether right. it's by kiss whether it was what theo did abba did a handful of others have done you know if somebody if 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 your band manager or somebody came to you and said, Hey, breed, you know, you've been around 20 years from now, you've been around for 50 plus years and you guys are talking about retirement. But we got an idea. We could turn you guys into holograms and make it. So as a band, you could creatively continue on, even though you can't physically do it. It's, I guess what I'm just trying to get is what is your, what's your feeling, your gut reaction to that? Because 
I have uh, my guts telling me more and more bands like you guys, as years go on now, are going to get approached with these sorts of things. I mean, I as, think I would I would try it. Like, I, I don't know if it, how it would be, but if, if we're going to be done, like, that's it. Like, say the band member, other band member, like, we're done. It's either we do this or nothing. It can't hurt to try. And then, you know, like, can't play in this band anymore. Like, I want to keep playing till as long as I can. But for some reason, other members don't and or I can't for some reason and they want to do it. I'd say, yeah, why not? Let's try it out. And it can't hurt if it, if it's not a success. Then at least we tried and we see how it is. Because I don't know. I've never been to anything like that, so I'm not really sure. But the future, that could be the whole future. You know, it's like streaming music. No one thought that. Everyone's selling records and tapes. Now it's all streaming. So who knows? Maybe the future people are only going to want to see that for some weird reason. So if we can get in on that too, why not? I'd, I'd try it out. Frank. I'm not. I'm not gonna uh, rip the bandaid off here, but I mean, what about this? I mean, when now when you go to see a lot of these bands play, more than half of the stuff that they're doing on stage, they're not really doing. They're playing the click tracks, and sure. they're basically not. I mean, did we imagine that 20, 30 years ago? No, we didn't. So at this point, just it, when you keep moving in this direction, it's like, why even have the band there at that point? Um, I, I feel like you're gonna see a lot more of this stuff going on. A lot more of these bands, when they're done, are going to be doing this. I guarantee it. Well, Frank, I, I know, I, I, know I know somebody that was approached. Um, so there's somebody that a, a female artist that's bigger than Kiss, and I heard through the grapevine that they were approached about this. I'm not. They didn't make a decision on it, but I mean, these people, these legacy artists that have been around, like you said, 40, 50 years, they're gonna. There's going to be some aboard for this, and and I think if look if Kiss and Abba they do a great job at it, then what's to stop them? Hey, Frank, but don't you think the reason that a lot of our favorite bands from Queen and, you know, Kiss and they didn't do it 30 years ago because it's the technology wasn't there because I, I don't get me wrong. I, I'm all about the live performance, too, but had I mean, let, let's go back and look at Queen's a great example. They used to play that part in the middle of Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, on. It was all taped, you know, because. Right. But I've seen tribute bands do it. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like they couldn't. It was just part of the show. And it's part of the, you know, to 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 be silly with the Queen title, let me entertain you. That's what it took to entertain you. So I don't, you know, I don't think that's such a bad thing in general if it enhances the show. I'm. I, Look, I think it's bullshit when they deny what they're doing that you just that's I guess that's, that's my my point. Be forthright going, hey, if someone asks, you don't have to go out and say we are using track. Just someone asks, well, yeah, you know, whatever. We're using backgrounds or we're using because that's honest and it's pure. I mean, just don't lie about it. But I want to get to part two, especially, a, a you know, a band like you guys or actually any band that's touring and. One thing, and, and I'm participating in it now, which I never thought I would. You look at the local scene here, and I'm in Detroit. It's all tribute bands. It, it's any, put it number one, rock clubs are almost a thing of the past anyway, period. 
there's only a couple of them. Um, but tribute bands are everywhere. They're like the new thing. Uh, and I can, that's, from someone like me, I played in all original bands my whole life. And there was always a, a place to play. And they've got less and less and less. And then COVID just, it's all gone. Um, so with you guys, um, say 20 years from now, especially in, in the heavier stuff, and you never know, trends, whatever, there's a resurgence and all that stuff. And someone goes, hey, I, I want to put together a hate breed, you know, tribute. What would you say to like license all the music and the logo and all that kind of stuff? Because there's, I there's think actually there's, tribute bands now doing that, that well, we're not, we don't have anything to do with. But that that's but. my point, because I think Kiss, instead of avatars, I thought a blue man group sort of thing meaning the elder ones over here, the hotter than hell ones over here, you know, and, and you could like travel the country and see each yeah, one, you know? Cool. It, yeah. Well, that's kind of my, my point is, uh, you know, it's not limited to kiss. It, you know, it could be early Metallica, later Metallica, right. you know what I mean? Uh, early U2, later U2. I mean, the possibilities are endless, but as you guys who are established band, what do you, what would you think of somebody doing that for you? I mean, I, I think that's cool too. Like I said, if, and we don't know what the future is going to be. It's so hard to tell what's going to be popular and what's going to be like almost the mainstream, but if it's going on and happening, it could be done well and we could still be a part of it. That'd be great. I, it's not something I like kind of look forward to if it's another band, but if it's an option and a lot of people start doing it, it's better than being, I guess, left left out in a way. You know, those are still still keeping it going somehow. But I, I always I, I, prefer a live band myself. And 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 I and I think piggybacking off of what Mark just said, maybe the better discussion here is not just what you think of of bands in the future becoming avatars, but as a band, what do you think about? your your career being extended almost indefinitely past your ability to get on stage past your ability that you're even alive simply because there are still fans out there and and you probably see this i mean we obviously know kiss fans are this way but you know you've got you've got grandparents who grew up as a kiss fan bringing their child who is now a father who's bringing their child, you know, you've got three, four generations worth of people following a band now. And, and when you all of a sudden realize, damn, we got 10 year old kids who are fans of ours right now. And when they get older, we may not be here ourselves, but the band sure could be because they want you to be what, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the exact right question here is, but it's almost like as a band, have you started to think about the future and what that means to you to not be in the band, but yet the band existing? Well, well I want to piggyback really quick before they answer this, because uh, this is kind of where I was trying to go. But, Mike, you, you kind of turned it. So I'm going to ask you this question. 
Because going back to the tribute bands, and, and again, here in Detroit, there's multiple Alice Cooper bands doing Alice Cooper shows on any given night. Multiple ACDCs, multiple Led Zeppelins, multiple Metallicas. I asked you guys, you two in Hatebreed, if that was the case, would you rather sanction one and be behind them and give them every bit of advantage? Or if there were multiple ones, would you just not care? What, you know, representing your legacy, what would you, how would you feel? Would you want, again, and then I'll put you in Gene and Paul's shoes. You're a Gene and Paul. Would you want, you know, whatever, six, just in the Detroit area, six Kiss tribute bands? Or would you like to go, you know what? We're going to back one and we're going to make sure they have everything to do our legacy proud. What, what would you, what do you guys think? That's a tough question. I'm not, I, I'm not a tribute bands. I just, and I've seen some great ones, but it's like a one and done thing. If I go and see one, it's awesome. I'll say they were great, but I'm never going to go see them again. Probably. It's just one of those things. And I feel like, I don't know. A lot of people might feel the same or they might not even want to go to something like that. So I'm not, I mean, tribute bands, as much as some of them are incredible. I've seen, there's a great Van Halen one that was down here not long ago. And, um kiss alive i saw it like uh when they were one of the first detroit kiss conventions they were really good i thought but like um at that point i would rather have avatars of us than 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 have a tribute band because it's not i think that anyone could play the songs but this the voice has to match i mean when you know usually when you go to see these tribute bands it's like all right the band's great anybody could play these songs but when that singer opens his mouth does it sound exactly like it's supposed to, because I think but, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. But Frank, and I totally get what you're saying. And, and to back to what Mark was saying. So if you as the band, Hate Breed, could sit here and go, we're going to, we're going to anoint an official tribute band, but we are going to make sure the band it's members have, yeah. our, have our attitude, have our anger, have our passion, have our skills. You have to audition. If you're not a good enough vocalist that everybody in the hate breed doesn't say, you got it, out, out. So if it's if it's an endorsed band by you, I would be assuming you guys get to decide who is worthy enough to actually carry that torch for you. I mean, I was under the impression that Kiss was going to be doing this for a long time. So, um, you know, instead of what they're doing now, I don't know. I, to be honest with you, I say no, because just because I think that when you're a band of the magnitude of the Rolling Stones or Kiss or ACDC or one of these bands, then you could pull something off like that. But a band like us that sometimes is playing to four or 500 people in a sweaty club in the middle of America on a Tuesday night, I just don't know if that's going to draw enough for people to care about it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like even with this avatar thing, I mean, this isn't, this isn't going to sell out Madison square garden. You know what right, I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't it's, think it's, it's just gonna. different. I think for us, like I actually yeah. like tribute bands. Like I know Frank does it, but like I go see them all the time just because I enjoy the music and everything. And it's like, but I don't know about like, an official like for us to be like i don't think you could like teach someone how to like be like us i feel like that would be kind of weird trying to go through the motions and everything 
but like I, I do enjoy tribute bands like just the random on the weekend if nothing else is going on it's, it's cool just small little bar listen to some good music of bands you like but like a sanctioned one i think that would be kind of weird i feel like the avatar is at least something like it's us and you're gonna see us the way we sound look like you can imitate it all the time but it'd be weird i think well that's the thing the avatars don't gene's got wings and they got you know i mean they don't really look like right but that's the thing like we can't for us like that's such a different thing like if we came well, out with wings and stuff, yeah, that would be no, no, I, I, get, <laughs> I, I get that. But, you know, I was just trying to, you know, a, a wholesale sort of thing. You know, would you rather have a cartoon hate breed or flesh and blood hate breed? Again, at your, after you're done, right. kiss the road goodbye. And again, would you want to have some quality control in that? Because I, again, if, if it was me personally, I would want somebody that I thought had the same passions that I did. If, if I was in that sort of position, I'd want them to, you know, I'd really want them to be as close to the real thing as possible. Um, But that's just how I feel because especially with the kiss tributes and don't get me wrong. I don't want to go off on a kiss tribute band thing, but you know, some are, are considerably better than others. And, you know, I, I used to just poo poo the whole tribute band thing <laughs> and then gig opportunities came up and I'm not talking about, you know, doing a kiss one, although I personally, no, he's, ta- do... he's talking about, you know, Mark, Mark's been on the side doing a pretty boy Floyd tribute. Band. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I love but... going to see cover bands and tribute bands. So I think it's just a good time, you know? Well, I, I again, there's a huge difference though, between cover bands in tribute band. right right night and day right so you know I, i'm just happy as a musician that you know there's places to play still when you do that it's either that or don't play right exactly and, and i i love the play so you right know, and and, if, and and i and i'll tell you it's it's a little better than i thought it was and people seem to respond to it so i mean it, it's a win-win but getting back to this um so you know, with you guys, yeah, it's different. <clears throat> Even if it was like, say, Metallica, you know, if, if you were James, wouldn't you want the guy to, to look like James and to sound like James? And my point is, if oh, they're yeah. doing a, a, a tribute one instead of someone just showing up who playing Metallica songs, because I do think the visuals are very important too, you know, because all these people, for the most part, the successful um, tribute bands, uh, I'll, I'll use, uh, you know, again, here in Detroit, we have a couple, couple Motley Crue ones, too. One of them is funny. Somebody said to me the other day because they played recently. When the guy said, wow, the Vince was really good. And I said, that's how you can tell it's not the real Vince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes better. You never know. Well, so how do the, Mike, Mark, how do the, how do the, since there's so many Alice Coopers, for instance, and I know it's, he's from Detroit and all that. How do those those ones fare locally since there's six of them um it's funny we i play just just you know i i i play in a ted nugent tribute one and we play with all kinds of tri- tribute acts uh, matter of fact this week uh, today's what wednesday 
Saturday, we got a gig uh, um, and we're playing with an ACDC tribute. And of course, there's a, a boatload of those. And the you, I, of, quick question, Mark. Do you wear a loincloth? Well, I'm doing uh, I'm doing the drum, so no, no. <laughs> uh, He's totally nude. You got enough money. You got enough money. Totally nude. <laughs> so, um, uh, but and and then the head the headliner is is a Led Zeppelin one, and again, there's multiple Led Zeppelins. The one that we're playing with the Led Zeppelin one that we were playing, we played at uh, at the Machine Shop in Flint. Oh yeah. Uh, a few months back and you know we packed the place between the two bands it was a lot of fun um but that's the whole thing that versus writing and recording your own stuff and it's like that is just unfortunately there's not many places left to play to do that so just as a musician it's kind of sobering you know what i mean because i again i Put it all right. What year did Hate Breed break? Meaning, wow. you, you were able to tour and you were able to, the, to you know, to to make a living doing it. Probably late well, late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, the band. Yeah, yeah. Before that, because um, I don't know the the history of uh, you know of, of the band, but before then, I, I, everybody grew up. You had to play you know, at some point play covers and to learn your craft. And then you start, Hey, I want to start writing my own stuff. And, and, you know, at what point though, did you go, you know what, this is cool. I don't have to turn back. I don't have to go play covers anymore. I I, I can, you know, play what I want to play all the time. That's as you guys know, you, you guys are in the upper 1% of, of people who actually get to do that. Oh yeah. Well, you know, see, I was in the band when it started and then left and came back when it was able to make a living off of because I didn't think it was going to go anywhere either. I'm like, I'm not going to tour, you know, quit my job and just for fun because I played in a band on the weekends for fun. I left and then some years go by and then I see them getting bigger and bigger, which is baffling. And then so then I was lucky enough to come back in. So yeah, Frank, yeah. Wayne actually came back and worked as my guitar tech. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we were on Ozfest in the main stage in 06, I think he was guitar yeah. tapping for the band because Frank wasn't after in it when it started. The band. Yeah, Frank after, joined after. when it was already a thing making money, so we, um, we got lucky with that. <laughs> so, Frank, Frank, you made you made Wayne pay his dues, yeah, exactly. scrub the toilets. If you want back, you're scrubbing <laughs> the toilets, man. <laughs> Pretty much, I don't know. I, I think he made the band pay, he, he was like, Oh. He, you guys go ahead and get big, and then I'll come back into the band. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I was thinking. It's like, dude, yeah, that's when you... the way to do this. Wait for them to do all the work and then come back in and hop yeah. on the bus. Well, when you guys way, get if, a bus, if, I'll come back. If if you guys, uh, again, say you guys fold up shop tomorrow, and um, you go, you know what? Uh, I, I was asked just purely for, you know, fun and, and a little bit of pocket money. To, and I'm just throwing this band out. Uh, again, it's just one that we can easily discuss. You know, someone approached me to do a Metallica tribute. I can play, you know, down in Hollywood and then, you know, over to Tampa and then, you know, whatever. Well, I, I, play well, I got something for you on that one because <laughs> I was well, actually well, trying to go, start you know a Metallica tribute band. Before, <laughs> before I came back, I was doing a Metallica tribute band 
like jamming with some friends. We never, we had pro issues with one of the guitar players, so we never actually played any shows, but we were like doing it. Like I, I was the James Hetfield. I got the guitar over here, like the 84 Explorer, the wristbands. I was like trying that, to do my hair, all that. That's you know, exactly scrims. my point. But, but yeah, oh, yeah. I, think, I think you're, because you love playing music. Right. Yep. Right. That, I just, that, yeah, if this band was gone, I would definitely, I'll go right to the corner bar and jam whatever just as long as you keep playing because i love it yeah, well I, my point is that's the whole reason that i because it, it for the longest time you know releasing our own music and writing our own stuff and, yep. and we were able to play because there was places that you know there was a scene right. and then as the scene started to dry up because music tastes have changed and pe i'm yep. 58 but back in 1983 people went to harpo's and the ritz and those places were packed every weekend and we fuck we played at Harpo's constantly. And and if you guys are familiar with that club, a lot of people Oh yeah, we played well, there a I, bunch of times. I got a yeah. well, I got a great I got a great story for you. We shot our live DVD at Harpo's. And while yeah. we were while we were rehearsing for the we were in Detroit rehearsing at a club called the I Rock, which I'm sure you yes. know. Yes. My neighbor, my neighbor about five houses down owned the I Rock. It's now shuttered. It's it's what's closed. his name? Jay, right? Yeah. So Right, he 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 let us go in there for the week before the uh, filming of the uh, the Harpos, and that's where we were rehearsing at. Believe yeah, we, I played at the I Rock a ton of times too. Yep. Um, it, it, but that's the whole thing. Now, years later, I don't know if by the really quick on Harpos, I don't know if you saw it was on social media. I don't know if it reached you down in Florida. The the guy who currently owns Harpos is looking for investors. Oh wow! Because <laughs> it's 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 went on hard times. But I, I will tell you, anybody who. If, if you're watching this and you aren't familiar with the Detroit scene, Harpo's was one of those places that was a right, right of pack passage. You know, I mean, when, when bands were young, Iron Maiden played there and, and, and Megadeth. And, oh, I, I, it, I listen, I, right. I used to go, I used to go to shows of Blondie's. Yes. Yeah. So you, all right, it, you're making my point for me. Friend. There were so, cause I played at Blondie's too a bunch of times. Sure. There was there was so many places to play your own original hard rock music, and as right. people got older and as tastes changed, and those songs were no longer, I mean, honestly, too, you could now. Go, I mean, the Grammys were just a couple of days ago. I didn't watch it, but I do know this: they didn't even show the heavy metal portion. Right, they my, did that on the pre-show. Correct. So, uh, look, our our music, unfortunately, is not music that young people in masses. Sure, we we're, we're back to what it was before. It's, it was a cult music to some degree. See, in I, I would argue that point because boy, Dan, they sure show up for the festivals. And when you know bands are playing the Armory or many other places in Minnesota, people, the you know Fillmore, we've got some great new venues. They're showing up. You're, you're absolutely you know, right, Tom. More so than that, I expected. As you know, though, that's not the case everywhere. True. Uh, and one of the things that the two of you said that I thought was really interesting is how you, you have gone to see cover bands and you've thought about starting cover bands. So I think it's really fresh from my perspective for some of the crap that I hear that you guys are professional touring musicians, but you would still do cover bands because you love to play. And I'd like to get your take, both of you, on how you feel about just a small percentage of some of these professional musicians who have a tendency to look down on musicians who play 
in local bands or cover bands and that sort of thing. And do you differentiate between the two? I don't know. If, yeah, I don't know if Frank player. would be in the cover band or not. <laughs> what do you think, right? Frank? Would you do a cover oh, band? Oh, no, that's definitely not. Listen, I, a lot of guys get involved in side projects and do things like that. I really enjoy my time down here and I'm pretty active. I own a record store here and uh, I enjoy traveling and all that. That's not that's something I'm interested in, but to answer your question, like, I don't, I think it's crazy to front. We just don't come from that world anyway. Uh, you know, it's a pretty uh, a humble uh, scene that we come from and, you know, coming from the basements of America and, and just to frown down about people locally and, and all that, or maybe even a, a known musician who gets up, maybe one of these guys isn't like that and gets up and jams. Um, Cause I know that Wayne's got a, a core of people up there in, in Northern California that, that he gets together and does this stuff with all the time when we're not on the road. So it's right. um, yeah, great. You know, I think it's uh, awesome. It is. Yeah. You know, well, so then, okay. So let's say one of the members of your band left, you're about to go out on tour and you need to replace that person. Would you look to everybody to try to find the best player that fits the band and fits what you guys are doing, regardless of whether he was coming from a band that we've heard of before versus a local musician or a cover band musician? I think first we would look for someone we actually know because we know so many musicians and that could play. Cause if you're going to be on a tour, you're living with them on a bus. So you got to be able to get along with them. Like I'd rather have someone who was a decent musician, but a cool person to get along with than like the best musician in the world with an attitude and doesn't quite fit. You know, it's, it's more about the, the whole picture. It's not just how well you can play your instrument. Definitely. It's the other so. 23 hours that, Exactly. Yeah, yeah and that's right. a fair point. You're living with these people out on the yeah, road. Yeah, that's that's what people don't realize. That's like more important because people are like, "Oh, I'm the best. This drummer, guitar player, I should be in that band." It's like, ah, oh, no, <laughs> no, we don't know if we you know, want you. Like, before. so I've known Hatebreed. I, I I've only been in Hatebreed since well, only, but I've been in Hatebreed since 2006. They started in '94. They they used to come through town when they first started touring because I was playing in a band called Integrity at the time who they were fans of a, a band that had records out and was doing things and they just were continuing to grow and stuff, but they would sleep on my floor when they would come through town. Cause this was before the tour bus and all that stuff. And then, um, you know, my, my friendship uh, with them uh, just grew and they were a four piece for a while. And I, they would call me up and say, you know, this is before I was in the band. What are you doing? We're out with Slayer. Why don't you fly out and ride on the bus and party for a week? We don't, you don't have to do nothing other than hang out. <laughs> So when it became 2006, they were like, are you ready to be in the band? We're going to become a five piece again. They didn't even have auditions. They didn't call anybody else. They called me. And I think a lot of that had to do with knowing that they were going to be able to exist with me in that situation because I'd been around them so much. Sure. They can get anybody to play the songs, but I'm not family. Am I exactly? Am I going to be able to live around this person and tolerate this person, especially after they'd already been, going for 12 years at that point right um, well, that i'm sure well i'm sure all it takes is one person that's a diva or one person that's just always pissed or whatever a uh, personality yep. trait you want to say and it's like you guys are ready to kill them and throw them off the bus while you're driving sure yep. and and the more you're on the road the worse it is of course so um and at that point when i joined the band the band was doing 250 to 300 shows a year wow that is a well, lot let, 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 let me get your take on this then, you know, kind of going back to the tribute bands. And this is something 
I know you guys, we've all seen this. The fans that are like, it's not the original band members. It's a tribute band. At what point does an original band who, let's be honest, almost every band out there has got to replace a band member or more at some point in time. It's extremely rare that day one to retirement is the same band members. Well, isn't isn't ACDC supposed to announce their American tour here in the next few weeks? Well, we could use uh, ACDC one, as an saying, example. One, one original member. Yeah. And it's funny, I'm wearing my ZZ Top shirt here that I it's a, a newer one they've only got they've got only two original of three and if you guys remember this conversation those who watch every week this night that I saw them they were opening for Leonard Skinner who well, had exactly zero. zero right well you know and so that's what I was going to say you've got bands like Foreigner who are out there you've got you know I don't know I mean if you if Frank you or Wayne are fans but you know they're from Florida Molly Hatchet has zero. Z- no original member is but even still alive. Tour- That's but they're still touring the- because there's fans that want to see them, yeah, which is like great. I said, that, that, that Skinner show that I saw, that you couldn't have got two more people in with a shoehorn. And Pine Knob, it was fucking oversold. And again, zero. So so I guess, I guess, what do you think of, you know, bands eventually start replacing members, members until there's one left. And at some point, that final member is too old to do it or dies, and the band can continue. Is that now a tribute band, or is that still the real band? It's just no original members are left. How do you, how do you handle that? Well, I know in Molly Hatch's case, Bobby, the guitar player that plays now, he bought the rights to the band a long time ago, and there was one guy left living, and he passed away. So, I mean technically it's still the band because the the name and the rights and all that yeah. stuff but i people also have the right to say well you're just going to see a, a tribute band at this point you know and and, and I, I think i think if they're in the band like or, and they've consistently just slowly started replacing members but they all kind of got together and they're putting out kind of relevant albums it's different than if you like say you break up and then later on the singer tries to restart the band with random people that's kind of weird i mean if people want to go see it it's cool but if you're kind of you know because you're right everyone kind of replaces members and you're just it's just part of it but like later on when it's like nobody even recognizable no one in the relevant lineup do you you guys know the story when rod evans did that with deep purple in 1980 do you know about that i didn't know that one they they played vaguely because then they played the I want to say it was either the LA Forum or Long Beach Arena. And Deep Purple found out is Rod Evans, who sang Punch, right? Whole new band behind him. He had a full page, and you this is online, you can find this. There's the half page of the advertising for Deep Purple at, you know, and this is 1980. And then underneath there, the managers for David Coverdale and Ian Gillen and you know. Richie Blackmore, I'll put, you know, we're not, these people will not be performing. It's the most weird kind of cryptic sort of ad because number one, it's real. Number two, to see that because now 
that's what's happening. Now these bands are these bands' names are touring, and there's no original members left. Sure. Well, I think this also. Okay, and I'm not taking anything away from these bands because I love them all, and and I, or at one point in my life I did. But when you have bands like Molly Hatchet and bands like that playing Quiet Riot's another one. I think they're one or zero. When they're these bands sometimes play things like rib cookoffs and state fairs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's just a name. Now these people are already going to these events anyway. So when they see that name in the paper, you think that they know that there's no original members in the band. They have no idea, but they're going to go and they're going to go check that band out. And that's definitely a thing. And that's been going on for years. I feel. Oh, sure. Oh, Molly <laughs> plays all over down here. And I guarantee yeah. that half the people at that place don't even know that nobody in the band's not original. Well, so it's not it, like they're out. It's not like they're out there announcing it. it, it uh, Rudy Sarzo's the only one in Quiet Riot, and he's not even the original. There sure. was someone else in the seventies. You know, it 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 all gets back to why tribute bands are getting booked so much, um, because the 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 general public just wants to go hear hits. They really have become yeah. less and less concerned with who is actually playing the hits as long as they can play them close to the original, uh, you know, you know, and we've heard this all along. We're all kiss. And this is a kiss podcast. Hey, you got Tommy and Eric up there in makeup from two other guys, you know, and, and, and Ace even made the comment recently about, you know, kiss fans who don't understand that that's not really Ace and Peter aren't the brightest. Now, nobody's purposely misleading anybody in saying that that's the original Molly Hatchet, it's the original Kiss, it's the original Foreigner, but they're also not necessarily going out of their way to say, warning, we have replacement members. I feel like if you're a real fan, then you're going to know. So that's that's those fly-by-night, whoever's going to go to the show and and not know, you know what I mean? Because there's a certain group that does i mean they they just want to hear the songs and they couldn't tell you who is in the band there's a great example but what i would love to understand is all bands have their rabid fans all bands have very opinionated fans but it seems like there's more heat for kiss with tommy and eric being in the band than all of foreigner and I don't understand the difference because I think it's because they're wearing their makeup. Like if they had their own makeup, it'd probably be a lot different. But it's almost like you see that makeup and you're like, "That's Ace," even right. though we know it's the if Space Man. If they had man. their own makeup, uh, they wouldn't have been as successful. They wouldn't right. exactly. Well, so I, yeah, I, so it's a business thing. That's why they did it. Well, yeah, and the young people don't know the difference. Some of them, right. Right. and and, and, and let's be honest, the makeup never wrote a single song. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I th- I also think this. I think that nowadays everybody has a microphone with social media. So I think you also, because of that, you have people that jumped off that kiss ship. You know, people have jumped off that kiss ship many times throughout the 50 years. They jumped off the ship when they made a disco song. They jumped off the ship when they took the makeup off. They jumped off the ship when they replaced Peter and Ace with Tommy and Eric, and they're jumping off the ship now with the avatars. But, I think that these people, a lot of these people that complain that it's not Ace and Peter, when was the last time that they cared or gave a crap about Kiss? A lot of them. A lot of them, I think, are, are people that are just, oh, I was in the Kiss and I saw them. And, you know, once they made, took the makeup off and all that, they're just, these are the people I think that are mostly complaining that that it's Tommy and Eric because 
say what you will about Tommy and Eric. They're amazing players. And when you went to go see Kiss every time, how flawless were their performances every time? You know what I mean? 100%. Would you still, would you still be getting that with, with Peter and Ace in this this late in the game? Probably not. No. So I just saw Ace a couple months ago. <laughs> we, don't, we won't talk about that. So I think it's a combination of that. And, and I, again, social media, everybody can put their two cents on. But it's the, you're 100% right, though. I mean, it's Kiss is – Take it takes a lot of they're, they're you know they take a lot of abuse. It's well, it's, you, know, you know, and 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 partially, I mean, it is because Kiss has been around for fifty years. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of bands have that amount of history, that amount of turnover of band members, that amount of changes of musical styles, looks, and all that other stuff. As we've always said on the show, it gives the Kiss Army plenty of stuff to debate. We don't. We aren't limited to debating one or two albums and six people. We've got a ton that can be debated when it comes to Kiss. It's just this whole concept of avatars, holograms, tributes, replacement members. It 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 all comes back to this is stuff that I imagine you guys as band members. Never freaking thought you'd have to deal with when you when you said, I want to be a musician. I want to start a band that you would get to a point at some point going, well, do we keep playing if we've got one member left? Do we keep playing with no original members left? There's an audience. Do we do it if there's an audience that still wants it? You keep you keep doing this until as long as the people keep coming in. Right. And with the subject mm-hmm. on hand right now, Kiss is a, a huge act that's been around for for fifty years, and they're big enough where they can pull something like this off. And I'm sure that they got a great team behind them, and I'm sure they know what they're doing, and they're probably really excited about this because it's probably going to be done very well. And if this continues to be a thing with bands beyond, they're going to look like heroes in the end. Um, so, I mean, there's enough people that love kiss all over the world, millions of people that it'll fill, this'll fill the venue wherever it's going to take place at, you know, it might not be a, a, a 20,000 person arena, but it it could be a three different house of blues all over the country in one night. So there you that go. was there's my, that was my point, one Frank. Night. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be an arena. Right. It could be a blue man group if you've ever been and sure. seen seen that. Hey, real quick, because I wanted to touch on this, Frank, because you're from Florida. Years ago, do you do you remember when I want to say it was in downtown Disney that they had the guitar store? There was well, a it was a it was a regular guitar store there. Going back how long? Oh, this had to have been late nineties. I didn't. I just remember. I'm originally a Cleveland guy. I've been down. So that's how I know so much about Detroit because we were always <laughs> going up there for shows and stuff. I've been down here about 15 years this time, but I re- the things that I remember the most from downtown Disney were the bars that you can drink up in Pleasure <laughs> Island or whatever yeah. the hell it was called. And you know, we all know the what Virgin Mega Store too. Was sure, the Virgin Mega Store right across from the House of Blues and all that. Ma- stuff. Matter of fact, I think the guitar place was the reason I brought it up is I went in there. I it was funny because. I also am a huge Molly Hatchet fan. And I'm talking to the guy and I'm like, God, you look like you look like Dave Holbrook. And and he's like, Oh, that was my dad. 
So it's oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I would. Like, That's super totally, cool. I know. So I just, I didn't know if, if you ran in that circle. No, but and, and you know what? Be- 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 while we're talking Southern Rock and tributes and all that, I want to, I wanted to mention this before, if you guys know about this. Ricky Medlock had hired from Blackfoot, who I love. Mm-hmm. He hired a bunch of kids and they kind of look like, they look like guys from Son of Anarchy with like leather vests and mohawks and stuff. It's and, them pesky kids, uh, right from Minnesota. Oh, it is. Yeah, at least two, two or three of the members. Mark Westman being one of them. Yeah, they're yeah. doing some show somewhere near here. I think this summer as Blackfoot. Uh, well, I don't know that. I, I just know that it's a Ricky Medlock something or other. Okay. Well, well, Ricky was just trying to make it become a new band and he was going to be in control of the whole thing and manage it and all that and they you know they they set out to do that it was kind of like i guess the music kind of sounded like maybe like shine down or a band like that or, or something like that but it just you know for the people that love blackfoot and ricky it just broke our hearts that he was doing that and then i i think it didn't work because now i saw that he was going to be doing some kind of shows where he's actually playing i thought um I saw some things announced. I don't, I just didn't know what the future was going to be with that after uh, Gary had passed away and if Skinner was going to con- uh, um, continue on. But that was just an ex- another example of like, all right, well, here's a band with the same name, but no original members, completely different music. And I just, it didn't work, I don't think. And, um, and you know, you're probably, people, yeah, you're probably right. And they're good players. Yeah, they're good yeah. players. Mark Westman's a great singer. But I almost wonder if Ricky will fall victim to the same thing that Nikki Six did. You know, I really liked 6AM. I thought they were a terrific band, especially those last three records. But they fell apart because I don't think that they rose to Nikki's expectations. So he went back to Motley Crue. Because sometimes, no matter how good of a musician you are, there's a certain thing, obviously, and you guys know it works. And, right, exactly. You know, look at the solo I, I, careers of a lot of a lot of different um, musicians from a lot of different bands. I think well, he went that, back just to play the big. I mean, to have, you I was want the say, money. money. It's not about the money. It's about the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't blame they, him. And, but and I they, think that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, when and they need Ricky and Leonard Skinner. He's been in it since the mid nineties. Oh my god! And he's yeah. uh, he's one of the original drummers, technically. And you know, I think that what Mark said, you know, when he couldn't fit two more people in that place, when he went to go see them play, it's like we've been going. If you've been going to see Leonard Skinner, I mean, Ronnie's younger brother has been singing for that band since nineteen eighty seven. Now, how long goes nineteen? How many people were going yeah. to see Skinner now that were seeing them before nineteen eighty seven? So we're used to seeing we're we're used to seeing them now with Johnny, and they well, sound phenomenal. They do. I, oh my God, really good. Well, they and I want to make a correction because I may be wrong here. Who's the guitar player in Leonard Skinner that his hair is receding? Oh, uh, okay. Oh, so I'm talking about well, the right guy. Okay, that's Ricky. But the other one is from uh, Sparky. Oh Christ! What the fuck? Because he was in a really cool band. Um. Oh, I can't remember his name. Well, Sparky's been in a band for a while now. He's the one that plays the Stratocaster. Yeah, what's his, re- what's his what's his what's his real name? I forget, but I know that they have that the, the newer guy that took that took Gary's place that plays the Les Pauls. So. The guy from Brother Kane. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure which guy in that band it is now. So, 
trying to remember guy. He's a fucking great guitar player. And yeah. uh but but anyways, my, my point is and, and it is the same thing with you. That stage, you know, is just loaded with talent. You know, from Cardelloni from the damn Yankees playing drums. It, it's just an incredible amount of talent. Here's something too that speaking of the tribute things, and I and I know because Tommy, your your friend does the hairball thing. Um I'm seeing a lot of bands, and I think Lisa's husband's the same thing. You're starting to see genre tributes too. Like this is all hair metal, or this is all we're gonna because I that yacht rock thing is touring now with their <laughs> I want to say they're on tour with train and uh and Ariel Speedwagon. I mean, the fact that they're taking that yacht rock, which 10 years ago, that wasn't even a term, but they're taking those easy listening songs, you know, and touring with them. That's that blows my mind. And I think at some point you're going to start seeing like the best of Southern rock tours where they do Skinnerd and they do, you know, what, uh, you know, uh, uh, Medlocks and Blackfoot and Black Oak, Arkansas, and all these sorts of Southern rock hits. I can right. see that as a thing too. There's so many because the music's so good, and for whatever it's worth, classic rock isn't great. Put it this way: for as big as the top forty is or isn't, whatever, and the Grammys, I bet you everybody that sat in that arena, and even most of the people at home they wouldn't necessarily know that it was Leonard Skinner singing Sweet Home Alabama, but they know the song. And, yeah, and definitely. So that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Our music, meaning just classic rock and Kiss, and I still think so many kids, and I think, Michael, didn't you do something with the streaming? Classic rock still streams very well, incredibly well. Well, I mean, let, let's be honest. Classic rock is the music you hear in all of the NFL breaks. It's it's the it's music that's in TV commercials. I mean, we're we're hearing bands that we grew up on forty years ago that couldn't get radio airplay oh, oh, are now Stooges. behind a Honda commercial. The, the Stooges are in fucking Ford commercials. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, it's TVI. I'm yeah. sitting there going. That's an album that that sold like it went zinc. It sold like fucking hundred <laughs> copies. But but it, you know that that that's all because the the businesses out there recognize we're that demographic. We are we've got money. We are of an age where we have disposable income. We can spend it as we want. We don't have to ask for permission. So they're they're giving us what we want to make us spend but there will come a time number of years down the road as our generation slowly starts disappearing that guess what's going to start coming up next you're going to start hearing 90s bands and emo rock and that sort of stuff is going to start becoming the new classic rock well and i took I took my daughter to see the opening night of Mamma Mia last night here in Minneapolis because she loves the theater and loves musicals. And I was familiar with ABBA stuff because a lot of it I really liked. There was only maybe three songs I had never heard. And I was trying to explain to her what it was like in the 70s and how 
even though I liked the music, you could never admit it to your friends because oh, ABBA like, was embarrassing. <laughs> if you are a rock fan, ABBA, you could not admit you liked. Right. That had to be a guilty secret pleasure that you never now, shared. Right. And now as I get older, the thing that's so interesting to me about the yacht rock phenomenon is that those songs like by Ambrosia and Poco and all those bands, those songs are really freaking good. Aren't they? But yeah. At, they, but at the time when I'm listening to Kiss Alive and you put on um, one of those bands next to it and you're like, oh, fuck. Now it can, you, it can be a genre of its own. And I, I think what it is for me more so is, is I see those bands now doing the Yacht Rock thing or I listen to it on Sirius XM and it takes me back to being in seventh and eighth grade and going to the roller rink and hanging out with friends and all that sort of thing. So there's like a lost nostalgia that's attached to people that you aren't even aware of it until it hits you at a certain point in your life. So to, to Michael's point, I think you're right. You know, as, as things progress, it'll just be the next set of whatever, and it won't be the Nirvanas and some of the other grunge bands. I mean, they'll always be that, but there's probably a subgenre of music that from that time period that will become popular the way Yacht Rock is here in the same manner in which I'm starting to see more and more festivals with these different types of bands that hadn't toured much before. So there's obviously you know, a market for it. Getting young people interested in this stuff is the key. I mean, that's really it. I mean, and mm -hmm. owning a record store, I learned all that because I young people are into vinyl now and vinyl's mm -hmm. outsold CDs the last three years in a row and they come into the store and they want it. They're looking, they're young people and they're looking for the Beatles and they're looking for Queen and they're looking for Elton John. And why are they looking for those bands or Flea of Mac? Because there was either a movie or a biopic or a, a commercial with those bands in them, and then those games. they they think that Leonard Skin or or Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones is old people music, but they're in the store buying Fleetwood Mac and the Beatles because they can relate to it because they saw a movie about it. So I think it's super important that the young people are into this music because the people that are listening to this stuff that were around when it came out, I hate to say it, are passing on. They're not, you know what I mean, or they're certainly mm -hmm. not buying records. Somebody that's in their seventies, yeah. Um, as long as you keep these young people interested in that and keep it out there by things like what you were talking about, um, it could be in a music at a football game or it could be in a commercial. Or I think a lot like of it's that. the video games. That's where my kids learned a lot. Oh, I mean, cool. they heard us playing it at home, but the video games really, to your point, Frank, they identify with those songs because they're great songs and didn't maybe know who the artist was. But the big gap that I'm seeing is, is a lot of the younger people are coming in and looking for stuff on vinyl that just literally doesn't exist. You know, I've, I've got, I've got a couple funny stories. I remember this was decades ago. I took a girlfriend to go see Paul McCartney in concert and he played live and let die. And she's like, why is he playing a Guns N' Roses song? <laughs> and then, and, and then a number of years ago, I took Thule. She might have been four, five years old. I took her to go see Jojo Siwa. Huge fan. And in the middle of Jojo Siwa's concert, she does a medley of classic rock tunes. Heavy on Elton John. Like Crocodile Rock. She's like, oh, my God, this is a great song that JoJo did. And I'm like, this is not JoJo's song. This <laughs> yeah. is this is Elton John. I mean, and she had them. She she was 
glittered out like Elton John. You could see that that somebody like Jojo Siwa has a big influence from 70s glam and glitter and stuff like that. And, it, you know, as as older, I'm like, oh, this is sacrilegious. Oh, my God. How can you say that? But part of, as I got used to it, I'm like, I don't care how these kids get introduced to that song. As long as they get introduced to it, because if it really connects with them, just like we all did when we were kids, they will eventually take the time and start looking back through that artist's history and going, oh, wait a second. Live and Let Die was not written by Guns N' Roses. It was written by these guys I've never heard of, but let me go see who they are. And then you discover the Beatles. Or through Jojo Siwa, you discover Elton John. You might discover Kiss. I could care less how a young generation gets connected to music as long as it happens. I agree. I mean, when you think about bands that were around, say, like, well, I mean, when you think about the time, well, I, I was going to mention this earlier, like um, how the the sometimes the, the 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 torch is passed on. I mean, you listen to classic rock radio now, and they play Guns N' Roses. Where we that was never classic rock to us. Bad right. Company and ELO is classic rock. Guns N' Roses, but that's being played on classic rock radio because look how old those songs are now. Um, that what records came out in what eighty eight or eighty seven or whatever. So I think so eighty seven. You know what's yep. even funnier is when I'm at like a, a Red Wings game and they start playing Seek and Destroy from Metallica. And I'm like, I remember when that was like the heaviest, heaviest thing and they wouldn't even play it on the radio. Yep. I remember yep. when that record came <laughs> out, I was so into like Kick-Ass Monthly and all that. I was really into that whole scene. And now I'm like, this fucking mainstream now, you know? And same thing too. I remember. I, I remember playing this day when Blizzard of Oz came out, and now you know, Crazy Trains. Like <laughs> it's at every sporting yeah. event. Like, and, and again, <laughs> it goes back. It goes back to we are the sought after demographic because we have the money to spend. And you know, all of what we've talked about, whether it was the tribute bands, the avatars, a band like Hatebreed continuing on. It's all driven because at some point somebody goes, you know, there's money to still be made here. Even if you guys can't tour yourselves, we could still make money using your name, right. using your brand, using your reputation that you've created and built up. People will still pay. Now, again, maybe you won't be playing to thousands of people. You'll only be playing to hundreds of people. But for you guys that were in the band, that's sort of like mailbox money at this point. Do you really care? Because now you've retired, you're sitting back, and a royalty check comes in once a month because this right. official endorsed band is out there playing to a few hundred people every night that still want to buy tickets, buy T-shirts, you know, Maybe music, who knows? It's, you know, and I said it, it's not about the money. It's about the money. 
And if there's money to be made, every band, every manager, I think, sits down and at some point goes, you know, as crazy as this sounds, we could make hate breed live on forever. And your kids, your kids could be collecting money, doing nothing. True. I mean, well, who knows? I mean, in, in 10, 15 years from now, there may there may be other options to keep the band going. You well, that's know? the it, thing. It, it, we, we can't. I mean, 50 years ago, nobody imagined holograms, no. avatars, even tribute bands really weren't a thing. So Maybe what's we'll just be in our living rooms playing and they'll have like our image live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I go. mean. It, that that's the thing as technology advances so fast um god knows what they're going to do with the new apple vision pro that you can sit right. on your freaking couch and be put into a new environment we can't imagine it but in 15 years something is going to be happening that nobody could have ever envisioned but somebody's going to go well oh, Frank Wayne, we could make some money off of this. Do you want to do it? You want to put your band's name on it and let somebody else? All right, sign me up. You convinced me. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> Wayne's ready to do that now. Yeah, let's do it now. Who do I talk to? I mean, I guess, I guess that's the whole point of this discussion. Is it's it's a crazy time we're in musically. As fans, and I imagine as band members, shit is just happening that you could never even dream of being possible. I mean, 50 years ago, it was record a vinyl album, release an eight-track tape, and get on a tour bus and play some shows. You know, and then all of a sudden, Kiss comes along and shows, hey, you ought to be merchandising the shit out of yourselves. Hey, you want to be in a comic book? Hey, you want to be in a made-for-TV movie? I mean, you know, that was shit nobody was really thinking about. True. True. I th- I I just uh, going back to what I said with the avatars. So I just think that if it's done well and people enjoy it, they're going to look like heroes because I'm. There's gonna I, I I honestly think that there's gonna be a lot more artists that are aboard on this because we're 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 right now at the helm of so many of these bands. How many bands just are stopping their touring? Aerosmith, Ted Nugent, Elton John, Kiss. Med- medical reasons, health about- reasons. Yeah. What's that? Just because of health reasons, they they have to sure. stop. So you know it'll be interesting. You know, there and those are just four I can think of off the top of my head. These are. Rock legend bands that have been around for decades and decades, decades. I'm sure there's going to be more of them that are going this route because oh, yeah. it's, it's a way for them to make money and the band to live on and to have a, a decent enough percentage of people to show up and care about it. And the avatars, there's so many other things they can do. It doesn't just have to be music, but if you take the characters, 
just like they did in the 70s with the Marvel comics. And then now, obviously, in the, in the 2000s and whatnot, you could have Kiss come in and fight one of the bad guys in a Marvel series. You could do all these different things with the avatars. And then you throw the music in with it. And all of a sudden, these kids are going to hear I Was Made for Loving You or Rock and Roll All Night or Calling Dr. Love for the very first time and go, God, that's a cool song. I'm having no idea what it is. I just think because of the visual impact that they made with the makeup and the costumes, it's just going to draw a whole new group of fans because we've seen it all. We're older, but young kids have never seen this before. Just like you'll see grunge repeat itself or 80s pop or whatever, because the young folks don't know what it is. Well, as you said, Frank, you know, 10 year olds are, are the next generation of fans for bands. And how do you get 10-year-olds interested in you now when you might be a band that's 30, 40, 50 years old that, that you know, they weren't even born. They, their parents weren't even thinking about having that kid when the bands were happening. But if you can get that 10-year-old on board now, that 10-year-old's going to be there for the next potentially 50 years. And that's an audience that's willing to spend some kind of money on something. I mean, it's, 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 it's an interesting time we're in. And I got to, again, I got to imagine as musicians, it's going to get even more interesting for you guys as, as somebody says, well, let's try this. What do you think about that? This, these guys did it. These guys did it and it was successful. And that's sort of all it's going to take is the first one or two bands to risk it, but be successful. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go back and I'll share this story back in 2003 when I was working with kiss at their merch company. And, and we came up with the VIP packages for the very first time meet and greet for bands the original $1,000 to meet Kiss. Nobody had any clue if that was going to work. We had no idea when we put those tickets on sale if it was going to be a bomb or it was going to be a success. Obviously, it was a huge success. And I can't tell you guys how quickly after Kiss showed it was successful, we started getting contacted by so many other artists going, hey, could we make money like that too? Can we try that? Now, some of them were like, I want to make that kind of money. I just don't want people to know that I really support doing this, but I want the money. I want that opportunity. And, and I think that's what it's going to take here is, you know, ABBA was successful. If KISS pulls this off and they're successful, does that kind of just, open the floodgates to everybody going, well, fuck. Okay. Let's, let's give it a shot. You know, one of you, one of you guys said, what have you got to lose? Let's right. try That's it. Right. Yeah. Try it. See what happens. If it doesn't work, then you don't keep doing it. We tried. Well, yeah. I mean, I was, I was just talking to somebody earlier this afternoon at the end of the day, it all comes down to if people spend their money to buy a ticket to it, then it's success. Right. If they That's don't it. like it, doesn't and matter they don't what anyone buy... says about it. Yeah. If the they internet, don't buy it. The... Because everyone's going to have their negative things. But if it's selling and people are showing up, 
That's really the only thing That's that it. matters. They, vote, they voted with their wallet. They said, I like it enough. I'm going to buy a ticket to this. If they don't buy tickets, that's them saying, right. I didn't like this. It didn't doesn't work for me. Exactly. And, and, and the biggest issue that we've talked about a lot, too, is it's like, I don't care if you don't like it. Because if you don't, don't go. But don't right. dump on somebody that will. Because it's none of your business how they choose to spend their money any more than it is the bands they follow. Doesn't matter. It, you, music is subjective and it's personal taste. And there is no such thing as better or worse, just good and bad. You know, I'll, I'll go back to when, when the final Kiss show happened. And a day or two afterwards, my daughter, 10 years old, was like, what? I've been hearing a lot of stuff about Kiss. What's going on? And I said, well, they're done playing. They're no longer going to tour anymore. Um, but they're going to become digital avatars and live on in virtual worlds. And her eyes were like, wow, I'd be interested. She literally said, I would like to see that. And I was like, there you if go. That's what it's for. There's a 10-year-old kid who knows enough that they know who Kiss is, but is like, wow, they're going to come into the worlds I hang out in? Yeah. This kind of could be cool. Hmm. Yeah, they're not even going to know about the actual band. They're going to think some people are just going to only know that and think that's what it's supposed to be. So they're just going to be like, oh, it's a cool show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I took her to see the band in 2017. She was like three, four years old. She didn't know any of their real names. She just knew them as the kitty guy, the demon guy, the space guy, and the the guy with the star on his face. That's it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and to Kiss's credit, I think that's why they can last forever because they made the characters so much bigger than the person underneath them. And, and, you know, we, we've, we've talked about this all the time on this show. We get plenty of people who, I, I mean, who, Tommy, Andy Beersack, Blackville Brides. He first got introduced to Kiss in 1992. Yeah. Revenge, Revenge era Kiss is his Kiss. His favorite Kiss guitar player is Bruce Kulick. He didn't know Kiss. In the 70s Mm-mm. and makeup, you do once you get hooked and then you go back and study the history. But as you guys are an example, as you are around longer and longer and longer, I'm sure you're experiencing like, wow, there's a kid here. That kid wasn't even alive when the first album. Oh, yeah. Came out. Tons. I mean, tons of oh, families. I- when, yeah. when 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 I went out for a couple shows with Blackie Lawless on the Wasp US tour a couple years ago, even he was like, "God, I'm up on stage here and I'm looking in the audience and I'm seeing old fans with their kids next to them." Yeah. Because I've grandkids. never seen that. Seen, I've never seen that before. Yeah. They're bringing the parents are bringing their 10, yep. 12, 14 year old kid to the show, which is so cool. That's it blows the mind of musicians to to and again, I can only just imagine you guys were like, you never thought parents would bring in their bring their kids to see hate breed. You were like, fuck, it's just our fans. That's it. Right. But you've been doing it for so long. 
the generations are showing up. And then I got to imagine you sit on stage and go, that's pretty mind blowing to think about that, how that is happening. What's interesting, too, is look at how it was considered a death nail in 1979 when their audience changed to much younger fans. But I would argue now the point that because of that shift, there could be an awful lot of fans at that age in the Dynasty era that now are bigger Kiss fans because of their love of the band being so young than maybe some of the people who were into them in 74 and 75 that may not follow them anymore. Now you want to see generations coming because it's like, okay, that's another generation that will buy our records or come to our concerts or wear our t-shirts. It just seems like common sense. I mean, you guys in Hatebreed, do you do you care how old your fans are, when they became fans, what their first album was, when they saw you live for the first time? Isn't it just if they like you, that's all that matters. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, the kids are better because you want the new generation to keep it going. That's great when we see kids out there. That's that's all the time now because it's all fathers that grew up or didn't grow up, but maybe listen to us and they're showing their kids. And that's yeah, we see it all the time. I think it's great. I mean, Kiss was the first band I ever got into because when I was a little kid in the seventies, you know, seeing all the the makeup and the fire because you know I was a little kid that. Got, got me into music in general. Like Kiss was the very first band from my father. My father had the albums. So he was showing me and I'm like, this is great. And, and then it took off from there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, you know, as time goes on, our shows are less rowdy, I think, than they were back in the day because the people who's trying to get in the mosh pit at 50 and get their knee broken. You know what I mean? But, um, (laughs) you know, now it's the kids, the kids jobs to to keep it going, I guess. But, um, it's funny because we, we just, we're trying, you know, it's the 30 year anniversary of the band. And, uh, we just trying something new this year. We did a residency up in long Island. We played at the Amityville music hall and this place, this place holds 200 people. That's it. And we did four nights in a row. We put them on sale. They sold out in like 20 minutes, all four shows. And, it was different crowds every night and we did different sets every night. And then, you know, even the meet and greets we did and all that, it was people of all different ages. Hell, I, I had three of the five Blue Oyster Cult guys come out and hang out and, and watch us. But yeah. I was trying to get one of them to stage dive. I thought that would be <laughs> yeah, would have made for a see, great video or story. But um, did you see point I'm trying to make is we had people of all different ages there. There was young people. There was old people. There was friends of ours that brought their kids, friends of ours that we – a lot of friends that we we have in band that also play in bands throughout the Northeast, they were bringing their kids because we were so close to where they live. We never even seen them before. Oh, this is your daughter. I've known you for 25 years. Oh, she's 12 years old. It's her first time seeing us. Stuff like that. It was great. And, that's and fantastic. That, I mean, that's we don't care what age you get into this or what record or whatever. It just matters that either keep coming exactly but why did you go there why did you choose that particular place for your residency versus anywhere else um wayne do you know why we? i think well i think jamie was just trying some new thing out to do a residency where we have control of everything and kind of smaller places not like you know live nation venues or whatever just try and do kind of in between our other like regular shows i guess He's like, oh, let's just try the local bar. Where's your local bar? Let's talk to them. We'll see if they'll they'll have us. And then well, we could just cut out the middleman and all that and sell you. you know, 
and you know it's a cool intimate experience there's no uh barricade they're like right there in front of you and yeah, that, was, that was just the first one that he tried yeah you, you basically paid your money at the door and you were getting smashed to right after that so there was no room <laughs> there was no green room we would we we yeah, the no hotel down room, and we literally showed up five minutes before we played took our winter clothes off because it was freezing up there and got on stage and played. It was Groundhog Day, really. And what's cool, um, just to, I think in the Northeast, you know, the band is from the Northeast. And, yeah. and um, to keep it in that area, that way all the New York people could travel there. And if, if somebody wanted yeah, to come, uh, it was, you know, we, we don't normally have shows like that where there's no barricade and there's no, you know what I mean? There's real intimate. Because when awesome. I got, we, we got in there day one, I, it looked like it holds 70 people. I said, they're going to fit 200 people in here four nights in a row. This is going to be real interesting. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it, it was successful and it was a smart move. It was oh, fun. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Hopefully, we can do more. So, be thirty great. years. Wait, wait, Wayne, Wayne, you got to you got to do a residency at the Mystic Theater. Yeah, or the Phoenix probably be better. For or us. the Phoenix, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's more like an all ages, yeah, skate skate park kind of yep. stage. But yeah, either one would be cool. I'll have to, I'll have to throw that out there. See what see what they say. Well. <laughs> Guys, before we wrap up here, what what's in front of Hatebreed coming up here? You said you're celebrating 30 years, touring albums. What what's going on? Uh, mostly touring. We have our big uh, home state show in Connecticut coming up for uh, on St. Patrick's Day, which is also my birthday. So that's going to be huge. It's like at a big venue. It's called Oakdale and Wallingford. So there's two big theater stage and another stage in another room, like multiple bands. So, and we're trying to try something big. I can't give any details yet, but a little bigger production for this one. So that, you know, that that's going to be fun. And then we got all the festivals in Europe over the summer and then hopefully uh, do a U.S. tour in the fall. Yeah, we got some random, we got some random shows between now and summer. Yeah, festival, we got other festivals in the U.S. too. When you can, let us, let us know, please do. We'll, we'll share it with the listeners. We appreciate that. Wayne, sure. did, not only is it St. Francis Day and Wayne, it's Wayne's birthday, it's Wayne's 50th birthday. So that's yep. going to be a big deal for him and everybody there, hometown show. And, uh, you know, we, ha- we, we'll we be in Europe, I think, in and out three times this summer. And then uh, yeah. we'll, be out, we'll be out in the States in the fall, and hopefully we can uh, catch up with you guys then. Oh, I'll find you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and your website for people who want to go track you down, what's the website? Uh, just the social medias, um, Hatebreed on Instagram and and uh, on uh, Facebook and uh, what's the old Twitter and uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's just about Google, it. Just mostly Google Hatebreed, you'll find them. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And mostly we all post stuff on our like Instagrams. So that's probably in Facebook, I guess. I don't use Facebook, and, but and, Instagram and, and will it, put all the dates. If somebody brings a Crazy Nights album, will you autograph it for them? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't want to devalue it, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. Mark's like it's worth it's nothing impossible. already. Worth wow. nothing already, right? The best thing you can do for that fan is to sign the vinyl itself. Right. Yeah, then they then they can't ever play it again with a knife. Is that true? Is that true? When you sign the vinyl, it doesn't play because we've signed a lot of those. I hope that didn't happen. Yeah, I well, think I'm sure well, they hang those on the wall. I don't think yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll play never them. play them just on their own. Yeah. But yeah, anything Mark Mark can do not to play Crazy Nights again. <laughs> really quick, I, one of my my friends 
tried giving tried giving his copy back to Paul Stanley backstage wow. at That's how much he didn't like it. But that's wow. all. <laughs> I'll I'll do that with Carnival of Souls, I guess. Oh God, yes, please that's take the, this yeah, that one. I've never once. I don't know those Revenge and Carnival of Souls. That's where I, I kind of was out. Wow, I don't look know at those. the time. Revenge is great. <laughs> you got to give revenge. I'll, maybe I'll go back and it's, maybe I'll listen it's to really it. Hold good. on a second. Carnival of Souls is hate. an absolute piece of shit. Listen to Hate off of Carnival of Souls. Classic Gene Simmons. I love that song. And I love okay. that. Album. All right. It's wow. opening track. Okay. Check it out. Opening track. Opening track. Hate. I, I left I after a Hot in the Shade. That, that was my last one. Psycho Circus. That that's that's my end game too. Hot in the shade. I'm out after. Hot that. in the shade. Yeah, I mean, I don't fault you for leaving after that album. No, I like. Was... I love it. I love it. I don't care for revenge. I just got okay. more into heavier thrash metal and all that. It's just yeah. <laughs> On I, that note. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at the time. Guys, listen. Yeah, we got we got we got we gotta feed Mark, as you know. Well, when Mark is stuff I gotta do. So when Mark do. isn't fed, he becomes a cranky young man. <laughs> what, about, what about Animal Eyes? You guys like Animal Eyes? My favorite non-makeup record. Look it up. Uh Heaven's on Fire, yes. That's and it, that's it, my at least the, favorite at, one on Let's put it this way. At that <laughs> time in timeline, Animal Eyes was great. But now, as I look back, no. Uh, see, I, here's, I, oh, I here's a fun, uh, fun trivia record for me. Here's a good trivia question uh, thing. My parents graduated high school with Vinnie Vincent in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yep. Wow. wow. My mother has the yearbook Maybe. still with his photos in it, like his regular suit photo, and one with like an acoustic guitar and everything. So there's there's can, our claim can, to fame can, can, in Bridgeport. Can you can you take a picture of that and send yeah, us? Please, yeah, please. I, I, I have it in that? my uh, I have it in my photo. I'll have to scroll through my photos. Please do. That would yeah. that yeah that would be, that would be that would be cool to see. It's up Central High School, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Did he get beat up a lot? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> please ask them. I'd love to. I know. will. <laughs> Maybe we should have your mom on the show to talk about. I don't think she didn't know him. I, she just, I just remember seeing the yearbook. I think my father knew who knew who he was, but he didn't like hang out with him or anything. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right, guys, this was, uh, it's always awesome. This was a it fun is. conversation. Um, you are welcome back anytime together separately. If you guys want to come on and just chat, Kiss, we're here. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. Always down, always down to talk. Kiss sounds good. Thanks for thanks for having me. Absolutely, guys. Yeah. Have have a great uh, week. Great seeing great seeing you guys. We appreciate it. All right, you bet. We'll Take see you care. Soon. And I'll call you, Frank, in the next couple weeks. All right. That was a fun, slightly different conversation. I enjoyed uh, it because it was something I, different. I, yeah, it was different, but it was cool getting their perspectives. They're professional touring musicians. Mm-hmm. And you know, when we talk, we're kind of talking only from the fan side of things here. Um, so it's it was fun getting their perspective on this. I agree. So homework. Uh, Are you well, a hate breed, breed fan? Have you listened to them before? Have you seen them live? Anything yeah. that you can you can talk to us about regarding their band would be great. Yeah. And if you and and if you are a professional musician, 
chime in on the same things we were talking to Frank and Wayne about. Yeah. What's your take on all of this stuff that's changing so quickly now? We would love to hear in the few and the future of, of bands, live bands. All right. That's it. Everybody three sides of the coin. We're out of here. We will see everybody next week. You have something to say, leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-VOICES for three sides of the coin. Provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.